Greetings, this is Sheila Vance, author of Becoming Valley Forge and narrator of the podcast, Becoming Valley Forge. As I said in the very short introduction to this podcast, I'm going to read a chapter of the novel, so that's the fiction side, and each chapter will have a companion nonfiction side. So you can hear the book read and you can learn about the historical facts of becoming Valley Forge, how we all came together to become what we what we know as and what we call Valley Forge. So this is the nonfiction side for the first chapter. So let me just kind of start though with the fiction side. And that'll tell you where we're going with the nonfiction side. The breadth of what we're going to be covering here. So I'm just going to read you the back cover description of the novel before I get into the nonfiction side, which is the Philadelphia campaign and the Battle of Brandywine. So here we go. This is the back cover of Becoming Valley Forge, the description. This epic historical novel shows how the lives of ordinary men and women who lived in the shadow of Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, were changed forever during the Philadelphia campaign in mid-1777 when the Revolutionary War battles came to their doorsteps, leading them and their loved ones to Valley Forge from winter 1777 through summer 1778. James, a former slave, lives as a blacksmith on Rebel Hill in Gulf Mills with his patriot friend, Daniel. Daniel is reluctant to volunteer for the army because he supports his mother and sister. James questions the sincerity of patriots who fight for freedom when so many African Americans are still slaves. Still, the Continental Army's occupation of Rebel Hill in early December changes them forever. Orlin Roberts, a Paley farmer, leads a local Patriot spy network with the help of his wife Teenie, daughter Betsy, and brother Norman, who owns a local tavern. As soon as they come of age, the Roberts boys, Fred and Alan, enlist in the Continental Army under the command of their neighbor, General Anthony Wayne, which puts them in the thick of the Philadelphia campaign battles. The family outcast, Connie, who runs a brothel in Philadelphia that services many British officers during their occupation of the city, views the presence of both the Redcoats and the Patriots in the area as just another challenge that she has to conquer to survive until a series of events tugs on family ties. Their paths converge, along with many other peoples, at Valley Forge, where General George Washington's Continental Army, a young nation, and the fascinating characters in the book are forced to confront the reality and the aftermath of war, revolution, and freedom as they grow and become what we mean when we say Valley Forge. So that's the basic description. The book and the... So how did I get here? How did I even get to writing this book, Becoming Valley Forge. So basically, the book answers the question, what happens when the war comes to your backyard? And who were the people who came together to become a part of and to support the Valley Forge encampment? So, like I said, the book covers the Philadelphia Campaign, which runs from September 11, 1777, which was the start of the Battle of Brandywine, through June 19, 1778, which was the march out the armies marching out of Valley Forge. In between, there were a number of battles 
and engagements. Among them, the Paoli Massacre of September 20th and 21st, 1777, the Battles of Germantown in October 1777, Battle of White Marsh in um, December 1777, and the Battle of Madison Ford in December 1777. You also had the Valley Forge Encampment, where there were no battles. There was no, there were no battles fought at Valley Forge, and then the Battle of Barren Hill in May of 1778. So, how did I come to write this book? Well, everywhere I've lived or owned land in this Philadelphia area, from childhood until now, has had some connection to Valley Forge and to the Revolutionary War period called the Philadelphia Campaign. So, I grew up on Rebel Hill Road in Gulf Mills. Um, and that's, uh, if anybody knows the School Girl Expressway out there, 76, that's where I grew up, at the Gulf Mills exit. I also lived on Wayne Avenue in Philadelphia. That's between Lincoln Drive and Johnson Street. And, Link and Wayne Avenue was named after General Anthony Wayne, one of the great generals in the Revolutionary War. There was a straight line, B-line, uh, from my house to Cliveden House, to Cliveden Street where the Battle of Germantown was fought in early October 1777. I, along with about <laughs> a couple handfuls of other relatives, inherited some property in Haverford, uh, Pennsylvania on Buck Lane. And um, when Washington and his army left, retreated from the Battle of Brandywine, they marched towards Chester, Pennsylvania, west of Philadelphia, and at some point, they ended up also at the Buck Lane Tavern, which was in Haverford. So you've heard that phrase, Washington slept here. Well, he did sleep there. I think it was right down the street or very close to where uh, my uncle had some property that I ended up inheriting a very small piece of. Then um, I lived on Sugartown Road in Devon, Pennsylvania, in one of four houses on a private lane that sits right behind the former Tarleton School, which is now called a child's place. It's a child care center. So that particular building, which still has holes in the door, the wooden door from Buckshot, that was a signal post for Valley Forge under the command of Captain Harry Lighthorse Lee. And that building was the site of the Signal Hill skirmish in January 14, 1778. Um, this was a skirmish between the British and uh, the Patriots who were um, holding that school. It was a high ground. And there, General Anthony Wayne assisted Captain Lee in defending the outpost from attack by British Colonel Tarleton and his dragoons. So it's funny today that that school, that building, is called the Tarleton School in honor of Captain Colonel, excuse me, Tarleton. Now I live in Paoli on a street that dead ends at Waynesboro, which was the estate of General Anthony Wayne. And actually General Wayne used to own the ground on which my house currently stands. So can't get away from the Revolutionary War if you live in the Philadelphia area. But growing up on Rebel Hill and what was in what is uh Golf Mills, Upper Marion Township, or West Conchahokan, as you might want to call it, as we grew up, 
there's a big rock down at the end of the hill. Rubble Hill is like the highest point around for maybe 400. It's about 400 feet. And it's the highest point around. Anyway, at the bottom of the hill, there's a street called Golf Road. And on Golf Road is a huge rock that juts out onto the street. It's called Hanging Rock. And it was very difficult for cars to go by Hanging Rock, to go around Hanging Rock. There were a lot of accidents there. And the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation wanted to cut back Hanging Rock. Um, and there was a huge outcry while I was growing up about cutting back Hanging Rock. And so my mother said, you know, the reason why there's this outcry um, is because George Washington and his army were on Rebel Hill before they went to Valley Forge and Hanging Rock is very famous. There's a famous painting called The March to Valley Forge, which is the cover of my book and which is you see as the logo for this podcast. That is Washington and his army marching, leaving Rebel Hill, marching around the Hanging Rock and going on to Valley Forge. So anyway, but my mother always said the reason they left Rebel Hill was because it was too close to Philadelphia. And again, that's why the Hanging Rock on Golf Road is famous. So as I got older, I started to look into this and basically as usual, mom was right. So that began my lifelong interest in discovering, well, what happened here in Philadelphia during the Revolutionary War? And I'll get into more of kind of how I, I really delved into this and became what I call a Revolutionary War nerd um, as the podcast continues. But let me just um, go on to say that the book opens with the Battle of Brandywine, which was the first battle of the Philadelphia campaign. So this is also known as the Battle of Brandywine Creek. This was an engagement between General George Washington and the British Army under the command of General Sir William Howe. In this battle, which was fought down near Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania, the British actually defeated the American Army and forced the Patriots to withdraw to, uh, towards Philadelphia, which was then the capital of the colonies. So the Battle of Brandywine, what happened there is that more troops fought at the Battle of Brandywine than at any other battle of the American Revolution. There were some 14,000 troops on the uh, Patriot side and some 15,000 redcoats. Also, the Battle of Brandywine was the longest single day battle of the war, of the Revolutionary War. The two sides continuously fought each other for about 11 hours. During the Battle of Brandywine, again, there were some tactical errors by General Washington and the Patriots. There was some fog that allowed the British to assume certain positions. Washington wasn't really clear exactly where the British were, which side they were going to come and attack uh, the Patriots from. And once he realized basically where the British were and what was going on, it was almost a little too late. And the Patriots had to uh, retreat and when they retreated, they retreated towards uh, Chester, Pennsylvania. But as they retreated, that defeat and some other defeats or maneuvers or miscalculations really moved the 
Patriot Army away from Philadelphia, which was, again, the capital of the colonies, leaving it unguarded and allowing, basically, on September 26, 1777, it allowed the British to capture the city of Philadelphia really without incident. And the British stayed in Philadelphia uh, until June of 1778. There were a lot of patriots who were killed at the Battle of Brandywine. Some 300 patriots killed, 600 wounded, 400 captured. On the British side, you have about 93 soldiers killed, uh, almost 500 wounded, and six were deemed missing. There was heavy fog. There were some contradictory reports about where the British were uh, located where they were moving. One of the um, heroes, early heroes in the Battle of Brandywine was Squire Thomas Cheney, who had his uh, property there, his estates there in the town of Cheney near Chad's Ford. And he was able to, he saw where the British were and he was able to go to General Washington's camp and tell General Washington that the British were actually located in this particular area, not where Washington thought they were, to give him at least some advance notice of where the British were. Without that, the casualties might have even been higher. So that's the Battle of Brandywine. That's beginning chapter one and several chapters in the on the uh, fiction side that um, give the perspectives of the different characters in the novel of how they perceived September 11th, 1777, what happened to them on September 11th, 1777. So that's just chapter one. Uh, look for this, the next nonfiction description when we get to chapter two. All right, thank you for listening.